Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. I'm Mark Anthony, and this is Demolition News Radio, episode 112. In this episode, Forging a New Path. This podcast is sponsored by WillowHire.com, the UK's leader in dust suppression equipment. Kick the dust into touch with our new, bigger and better all-in-one dust suppression units for hire. Call Willow on 01582 840045. I vividly remember talking to the late Richard Comley about demolition equipment. Richard wasn't just an owner of demolition equipment, he was also an enthusiast. He pointed out just how much the design of demolition equipment mirrors the creatures found in nature. How a shear, for example, was basically man's attempt at recreating a parrot's beak. What Comley was saying was hardly a revelation, of course. When describing a mechanical demolition machine, the media will often draw the comparison between an excavator and a dinosaur. Show a high reach to a child, and they will soon point out just how much it looks like a giraffe. We refer to shears and pulverizers as having jaws. And while I'm sure this will amuse some of our American listeners, a hydraulic breaker is often called a pecker. If there is any truth whatsoever to Darwinist theory, the parrot's beak and the giraffe's neck are the result of millions of years of evolution that has slowly refined and perfected a design to suit the animal's environment, its habitat and its diet. Demolition equipment is not bound by such limitations. Yet in the age of computer-aided design, advanced composite materials and 3D printing, we're still following designs created by Mother Nature thousands, if not millions of years ago. Demolition News Radio, the independent voice of the global demolition industry. Several years ago, I wrote an article that charted the dawning of the super high-rise tower block. Structures like the Shard in my native London, and like the Burj Khalifa in Dubai. Both of these structures, and many more like them, are incredible feats of architecture and engineering. They've pushed the boundaries of what's possible both in terms of their staggering height, but also in the way in which they have been designed to withstand unprecedented stresses and strains. But for all the engineering and design expertise that went into the creation of these incredible buildings, no one appears to have given a moment's thought to just how they might be demolished when they reach the end of their working life. The Shard in London stands at just over 300 metres in height. The largest high-reach excavator currently in existence in the UK is 70 metres tall. That's less than a quarter of the height required to demolish the Shard. And as anyone that has visited the Shard, or who has seen it from the neighbouring London Bridge Station will testify, you wouldn't be able to get a 300-tonne, 70-metre machine anywhere near it, as it's surrounded on all sides. And the Burj Khalifa is quite another prospect altogether. It stands at 830 metres tall, and at the time of broadcast, remains the tallest building on the planet. The demolition world of today just has no solution as to how such a monstrous structure might be demolished when its time comes. The average life expectancy of a commercial building in central London today is somewhere between 25 and 30 years, although as an iconic landmark, the Shard will likely be around for considerably longer than that. But sooner or later, the Shard the Gherkin, the walkie-talkie, the cheese grater and a host of other bizarrely named buildings will need to come down. And as it stands today, no one knows precisely how. Demolition News Radio is the podcast of demolitionnews.com and the Demolition Magazine. Part of the issue here, in my opinion at least, 
is that demolition is an industry of borrowers. We borrowed explosive technology from the quarry and mining field and adapted it to our own purposes. We borrowed hydraulic excavator technology from our cousins in construction and adapted that to our own needs. Even some of the attachments we rely upon today came to demolition's door via other industry sectors. Yet ours is a mature industry. It's a dynamic and innovative industry. It's an industry that needs dedicated equipment. And there has surely never been a better time to develop it. Why? Because we stand on the brink of a decommissioning bonanza fueled by the winding down of offshore oil and gas production. This is a process that will, sooner or later, take place around the world. In the North Sea, 19 individual oil rigs have been earmarked for decommissioning at an estimated cost of £17 billion. If the finest mines in the demolition sector and the allied equipment manufacturing sector can't develop a new solution when faced with potentially winning a slice of £17 billion, it never will. Several oil and gas rigs have already been hauled ashore and dismantled using traditional demolition equipment, and it's a monumental task. One of the first of the North Sea rigs to come ashore is the Brent Delta platform. The platform weighs the same as 2,000 London buses and stands as high as the London Eye. To get it ashore involved the heaviest machine lift ever undertaken at sea and involved a vessel called the Pioneering Spirit which lifted the 24,000 tonne structure in a single piece. The Pioneering Spirit itself is the same length as six jumbo jets and it cost a staggering £2.2 billion. That vessel carried the mammoth structure to a new quay that is said to be the strongest in Europe and which is situated in what was once the world's largest dry dock. So the vessel that carried the platform from its former station between Shetland and Norway was purpose-built for just such a task at truly enormous cost. Yet when it came ashore, it was destined to be dismantled using equipment and processes that wouldn't look out of place on any large-scale demolition project. Now that's not to undermine the work being carried out by ABLE UK. I've watched in awe some of the video footage of this huge structure being picked apart. And with around 97% of the structure scheduled to be recycled, it's clear that ABLE UK's work is complex, meticulous and enormously challenging. But I can't help wondering what the demolition sector might have come up with had we been afforded the £2.2 billion spent on a sodding great boat. To subscribe to The Demolition Magazine, just head over to demolitionnewsstore.com. It would be easy to say that the demolition industry is too focused on work for today to worry about potential work for the future. It would be equally easy to say that it's the equipment manufacturers that should, perhaps, be leading the march. But the truth is, leadership should come from the very top. And sadly, we, and when I say we, I mean us Brits, live in a nation where we make do, where good enough is good enough, and in which politicians don't bother themselves with long-term planning because in just a few years' time, they'll be out of office and largely forgotten. We built a two-lane motorway around the nation's capital, the M25, and were genuinely astonished when it became gridlocked and impassable pretty much overnight. Some foresight would have built the thing with four or five lanes in both directions from the outset, we're only now starting to build new nuclear power stations, even though a good deal of our coal-fired power station capacity has been mothballed for several years already. We dismissed the notion of a new airport in the Thames estuary as over-ambitious, and opted instead for an additional runway at an already overcrowded Heathrow airport 
that is wanted by pretty much no one. Experience suggests, therefore, that the industry will get precious little leadership, guidance or clarity from those in the corridors of power. That same experience also suggests that the powers that be will worry about how we might dismantle structures like the Shard about a week before they're scheduled to actually come down. So if we are to be ready when these mega structures finally reach the end of their natural life, we will need to make our own luck. And that might just mean forging a new direction that hasn't been borrowed or appropriated from another industry. Thanks for listening. Demolition News Radio. Dedicated to demolition.